Welcome to the Tessa Van Wade Show once again. I have been across from me. Hello. Hi, babe. Hi. How are you? Hi. <laughs> the funny I'm, uh, thing. I'm kind of grumpy right now, actually. <laughs> kind of? Yeah. You're like really I grumpy think, right now. You know what I thought of? Um, we had, we went over to our neighbors last night. Yes. And we hung out and had, we had like a dinner party. The coolest neighbors in the entire world, Chris and David. Right. So we, um, as you know, I haven't been drinking alcohol. Yeah. Like hardly any. And last night I decided to. Oh, and really quick plug. Drew Manning was there as well because since our podcast, we've become <laughs> lifelong oh, right, <yeah>. friends. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so go and listen to the podcast because he's amazing at what he does. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So uh, I decided it would be a really good idea to make margaritas. Okay. Which last night it was a good idea to make margaritas because <laughs> I had a great time. Yeah. And I make them really strong. Uh-huh. Um, your brother taught me how to make really good margaritas. But they're extremely strong. And I think I had three. Wait, does good and strong go hand in hand? Not necessarily. Oh, okay. Um, obviously, there's a threshold. But I had three. Yeah. Which doesn't sound like a lot. But um, it's like two shots in each glass, in each, <laughs> in each one. So I drank basically six shots. Were you actually feeling it last night? Yeah. I mean, just a nice, just a nice fun buzz. Oh, really? But- you like never feel anything, or well, at least that's what you tell me. But I haven't been drinking for the past like year or two. So this is the three drinks was like a lot to me yeah. for now. So um, I think that's why I feel crappy. Yeah. I was trying to figure out because I'm like, well, I, I mean, I didn't really have my coffee this morning, but I subsidized it with an iced coffee around 11. Um, clearly, I have, a, I have a substance problem. <laughs> Because I'm trying to figure out, was it the lack of coffee or the addition of alcohol or maybe a combination of the two? Well, what's interesting is that I, I think that, um, I think this is a really good thing to talk about because hangry is a real thing. And the fact is, is that I had to learn about a lot about hangry when I started dating you. (laughs) I definitely get hangry. I... Like, yeah. not just a little. You, Yeah, you, it's, it's very important that I eat something before we go out somewhere. Yeah, and you gave it to our daughter who was born, and when she would get hungry, we would call her the gremlin. Or the monster. The monster. Yeah. Yeah, because you guys get so, I mean, it's like. <sighs> you, know, it's, you know what's funny, though, is as long as you've known that about me, you don't carry snacks in your purse. <laughs> Why would I? <laughs> for you yeah because you're the one that's I, affected by it not okay me. let's go into this a little bit because the reason i don't carry snacks in my purse is because then i'll eat them right and and, and most importantly you're not my mommy I, what? And any man oh, thank God. any man who treats his wife like she has to take care of him like a mother well let's just be clear not cool I, let's, we can only tell our story and our story is that I really, 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 really could not deal with a mama's boy, a mama's boy. Yeah. I really couldn't. I could not. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. There, there are definitely, but you know what? I've definitely had friends that do best with mama's boys. So I know that that well, exists and everyone, that's for a purpose. Everyone has a match out there. <laughs> yeah. But it, it would not work. But imagine with if, us. imagine if you got, if imagine if a woman married a mama's boy and she found that that was not her match. That I think really... that happens all the time. Yeah. I think that definitely happens. I think that it's, you know, it might be cute at first and it's love at first sight or whatever. And they fall in love. And then after like a year, she's probably going, wait, you literally have never done your own laundry <laughs> and you're incapable of doing it. You really don't know how to make your own sandwich. I think one of the things that I was attracted to you most uh, was because of your independence. Yeah, I'm I'm like. Um, I'm very attracted I'm to so your independence. Independent that it's almost a flaw. <laughs> well, <laughs> anything to the extreme is a flaw. But I, the thing of it is, though, is I think that there are aspects of it that I absolutely love, and for the most part, it is what I completely love about you. Now, those moments, which is funny because we are going to at the end. I don't ever tell Ben what we're going to talk about. At the end of this. <laughs> you have to be very specific. You have to finish your thoughts. Dang it. Because nobody's seeing that. Well, maybe they're seeing it. Okay. Maybe but we'll what I'm this. saying is at the end of this podcast, or, or I should say one of the things I wanted to talk about in this podcast is at the end. And I can't tell you because I don't tell Ben what we're going to talk about in the podcast. That's like become our thing. Is, is yeah. that going to be our thing for this podcast that I never know what we're talking about? 100%. There's no other reason to call it the Desi Van Weed Show oh. if you're always there. <laughs> <laughs> but what's funny is we called it that because of the beginning when you weren't going to be a part of it all the time, but you have since come to love it. So, but let's go back. I go, I believe that... One of the things I loved about you is absolutely, and I still love about you, is your independence. But it can also be absolutely, like, I don't know. Where do you think that it affects our relationship? Um, I think that because of your personal history, you you need to be, you need to know that you're heard. Yeah. And that you, like the person that's with you, is giving you quality time. I am definitely in love languages. I am quality time. Yeah. And words of affirmation. Yeah. So uh, as far as being independent, like I could literally, now don't get me wrong. There are times when like if you go out of town for a couple of days or I go to out of town for a couple of days, I definitely feel your absence. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I forget to eat, yeah. <laughs> not because you feed me. It's actually the opposite. I'm the cook in the family. It's just that like, you're usually one that's like, so what are we doing for dinner? Why do you think I do that? Let's go back to the original, the reason that we actually talked, because the truth of the matter is I don't get hangry. Do you know the reason why is because most women, if you've been curvy like me, which I've been starving yourself your whole life. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? 
Well, to some degree, I do feel like, I feel like if I went on Survivor, I could be okay the entire time. My metabolism just literally shows, slows down to nothing. <laughs> and I don't need to, I don't need to constantly yeah, I'd, have I'd nourishment. I'd be dead after the first day. Exactly. Which is For why sure. I would win. Um, but anyway, yeah, being very independent, you, um, you need to feel like there's quality time. And what I was going to say is I can literally go all day by myself yeah, and not really need to talk to anyone. Yeah. Well, just, that, I think you're a true introvert. And I, I think that there, there's definitely an end to that. Cause there, like I said, there are times when I just feel lonely, but one of the things that you feel lonely, well, I, I don't want to say lonely, more like bored, you know, <laughs> I think I would get bored. Yeah. Um, like there were times that I would go on business trips for a week Yeah. and being able to just come back to my hotel room. Like I didn't even want to go to dinner with my colleagues or anything just to be able to have my own space Yeah. and just like veg by myself. The problem is I would never do anything else. It's not like I'd be like, oh, I should go hit the weights. <laughs> you know, I, I just wouldn't do that. I w you would never do that. That's and just I'm, not in you. I'm perfectly happy. Like on those business trips, I would go to a restaurant and sit at the bar by myself and have like dinner and a few drinks yeah. and be perfectly happy. Yeah. But I think that you're, like I said, I think you're a true introvert. Which I, is weird because I always felt like I was an extreme extrovert. When I was no, younger. because you like to be the center of attention when we are with people. I like to kind of take a step back. But it's also really exhausting. Yet what's funny is, is I get my energy from people, but I get my energy from people enough in the sense of I just need to listen and to be a part of it and talk and have little chats and things like that. And people's energy makes me alive. Yeah. Well, you, you have to, you, this is the true definition of introvert and extrovert. And you are the true definition of introvert in the sense that you kind of need to be alone in order to re-energize. I definitely need to re-energize. What's funny is when I'm with a group, I do like to be the center of attention. I don't know why. It's probably because I was invisible as a kid. <laughs> oh, in, in my own... Poor little cute in, pig in, nose Ben. <laughs> in, my own, in my own version of my childhood, I was invisible. I'm the right. third of five children. Um, we, we can go into a lot of it, but we won't. <laughs> um, anyway, I probably, there's some, there's some psychology there that I just feel like I need to be heard. So I usually end up being, trying to be the center of attention. The problem is once I'm done, I am done. Yeah. Like I want to go home now. <laughs> you know, and I just start, I just, when I get home, I'm like, ah, oh, finally. You know. And what's weird is when you think about the psychology of all of this, right? And you think about introvert versus extrovert, it, it really people do get it wrong when they think that they see somebody who is, I bet you anything that there's actors and comedians all over the place that are, are all introverts. Oh, I, th I think the, the large majority yeah. of actors are introverts. Yeah, I agree I with that. I think that they're artists and they have a craft, but from what I've heard from interviews and podcasts and things like that, that almost all of them, they're, they're extremely internal until they're on the stage. Right. Then they're like in this, well, I mean, you're an actor. You, you understand. I'm not an actor. Well, I, you have but acted. You, yes. You spent but a lot I of time But I did love acting. doing it. Yeah. 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 
I could never. I, I I can't just like this podcast, like I can't be told what to say. Which is and, why we wing it. And emote <laughs> that. I have to be able to just ad lib. I should say that, which is why you wing it, because I'm actually a person that throughout the week I'm like, oh, oh, this will be fun to talk to him about. This will yeah, be fun. I, I just I wear my feelings on my sleeves. You know, you know exactly what I'm feeling Boy, when I'm feeling do it. I. I, I don't, I don't hide it oh. and I can't hide it. It's not that I don't want to. It's nope. just that I can't. And that's why I could never like deliver lines. I, I believe that I actually said before we started this podcast just about 10 minutes ago that you had major resting bitch face. <laughs> I, I just don't feel good. I feel bleh. It's, it's not really hung over. It's just like kind yeah. of like low energy and, I did, I did work overtime this week. You did. Uh, this is my first day off all week. But um, I don't think that's it. I, I think it's, I, I honestly think it's what I've put into my body this weekend. I think yeah. I've just eaten a lot of crap. Yeah. But it still doesn't take away the fact that you are, you do tend to be hangry and your child does as well. But what's crazy is that being. I like how you say she's my child when it's like the negative character. That's always the case. You call her my child when she's got something negative too. Like, don't yeah. we not own that? That's pretty funny. <laughs> but I think the, you know, if anybody has, has ever read the book and I don't believe you've read it because you don't read. I guarantee I have not read the book. <laughs> I might've listened to it, but I guarantee I didn't read well, it. What is it? Okay, so the five love languages. Um, I think you read me parts of it. Oh, did I? Yeah. Okay. But that's... that's so here's it. the thing about the five love languages. I read it when I was like... I want to say I was like 19 when I read it. And that did a huge... That was a big thing for me because f to hear or to kind of see it put into different like categories and everything. And, and for me, I have used it, of course, in our marriage as well, but I really used it with my dad and my dad and I had kind of an interesting relationship growing up because my dad was not, um, <clears throat> I'll say my dad was extremely kind. My dad was a, he was a very quiet soul mm -hmm. and, um, very, how else would you describe him? He was he was a bit of a Vulcan. Yeah, he was like a bit was, of a Vulcan. He was like Spock. He was very he was a very nice man. Yeah. Um very kind, very soft spoken, but he didn't emote. Yeah. And he didn't emote feelings. And when so I you came didn't really know how And when I came out of the felt. womb, I was emoting, but not only that, I, I absolutely, and you can verify this, I absolutely love listening to people and I love understanding the depths of them. And, and I, I'm so, I'm so drawn to their emotions and why they emote in certain ways and all of that. So when I grow up with a dad who doesn't emote greatly, it was kind of like w there was this impasse where I didn't understand him and he didn't understand me. I remember one of my, one of his friends, um, my dad has since passed. Um, and we can go into that a little bit later, but one of my friend or his friends told me one time that he actually had a conversation with him at lunch. And my dad said, 
(laughs) He said, yeah, I need your help. I don't really understand her. (laughs) (laughs) But what's funny is I don't think my brothers understood me either because they kind of took after that characteristic a little bit of, uh, you know, and then I was the girl. I was the emoter. I was the one who was so drawn to relationships. Again, going back to the the extrovert, I get my energy from knowing your soul and connecting your soul to my soul when we speak. Ugh. That's... <laughs> I just... I'm... How can that you, is so, you married me? I know, I know, I know. And I don't want to sound like I don't care. Of course, I care <laughs> about you. But the idea that you just want to get to know the depths of people I, is like, it's so not where I'm at. I just, I just, I, like, I care about people. I truly care about people. Oh, I want to know why. I don't like. What? I'm not How? good. You know what? I'm not, I'm not good at asking questions. I know. Because I don't know if it's because I feel like I'm being nosy or it's not that I don't care. It's hard to explain. It's not that I don't care. It's that I just don't, I don't want to like be an interrogator. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like you always ask me, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about new people that I, that I've met or, you know, that I work with. The fact that you and connect. And I don't have, I know I have on, no hold details. On. The fact that you connect. <laughs> Go what I said, going soul to soul with people as an interrogating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. I, no, I just I'm just not that interested <laughs> on a deep level. Oh, like I my. I keep things, and this is once again we could go very deeply into this. Why? Because people. This is going to sound awful. <laughs> I'm debating whether I should even say it. People go for it, babe. In in my in my view, in my perspective, because of things that I've dealt with in the past, people are temporary. Oh, so it's almost like don't get to know them because pretty soon they're not going to be in the picture anyway. Oh. Ben, you're breaking, there's an entire, whoever, the four four people that are listening are breaking hearts right now. Well, and if we can't laugh at it, we will cry. So we might as well just laugh at it and make a joke of it and just get through. But seriously, like, you know, there's only so many people that I can, like, I have a very tight circle of people. Yeah. And they'll never go away. And let's be really clear. You know? Let's be really clear. You have a very tight circle and that's a good way to, this is a good segue because you have a very tight circle of people um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You actually do really, really care about your tight circle. I, I wouldn't be this happy in a marriage if if you didn't take care of me and you didn't really care because babe you care and well, you and don't, care I don't about me. I come across like I don't care. Like I would I would literally do anything. Anything for somebody, even a stranger. Like I've yes, I've you would. bailed people out on the street. Absolutely. But, but that's easy. You just help them and then you're no, like, "Okay, bye." For everybody it's not that easy. But what I'm saying is there are some people that just that just have that tight knit thing. And that's usually 
I, I could be wrong, but I do believe that that is introvert behavior is that you really want your, your group to be small yeah. and that's all you need. For me, I just believe that I was made differently. I believe that God literally made me differently because I want the entire world to be my best friend. And unfortunately there's problems that come yeah, and with it's that. Like sometimes you, you tell people that and they have their own uh, intimacy issues and they're like super turned off. This Me? person that I just met wants to be my best friend. Wait, you think that people do that? <laughs> I, think that I do not come I off just, that way. No, I just don't think that people feel the same way as you right away. I think that you misunderstand how good I am at getting people to, uh, no, people, to fall I mean, in love. People love you and they're very loyal to you. Mm. And, uh, but to me, it's it's too much work <laughs> to keep oh. up with that many. Like, no, you I get text it. people all day. You're in contact with hundreds of people. Yeah, I'm in contact with four. I have been much better. Maybe five. I have been much better about that lately because I've realized that I can't quite keep up with as many people as I want to keep up with, especially with as busy as I've been. But see, that's been a, a big issue for me is because doing as much as I've been doing lately, my biggest, my biggest concern is that I want, I, I, that I don't want it to ever come into the way of relationships or ever making people feel like I don't love them. I really do want them to know that I love them. I just texted my auntie the other day because I was like, I haven't texted her in a while. And I said, Hey, auntie Luann, I just so you know, I'm not, I'm not ignoring you. I promise. I'm just getting the audible book done and that's taking up all my time after I train, after we're, we're kind of transitioning in the business. Um, you know, so it's funny because I think that that's my flaw, right? Or there's plenty, but that's one of the well, flaws. Well, you probably also think that she's sitting around like looking at her watch going, geez, when am I ever going to get a text? No, I mean, I, but I do want people to know that I care and that I, you know, so every once in a while I'll pick up on my phone and I'll think of, I kind of have this rule that if I... I kind of have this rule and I've had it for a long time and you know this about me is if I think about somebody or if I have a thought about somebody and I haven't talked to them in a while, I kind of consider that that it's kind of my nudge mm -hmm. to to contact them and, and just say, hey, I'm thinking about you, love you, hope you're doing great, you know? And I think that's a really amazing lesson that I've kind of... Well, that's a good practice. It's helped. Yeah, it's a good practice. Yeah. Let's just say it's a good practice that I've kind of adopted over the years. See, but you have to think of that person in order to start that. <laughs> and it's not that I don't think about people. It's just that maybe I'm like distracted most of the time by just my daily tasks. Yeah. Like I've tried. I've, I have a list of people that I'm like, dude, just freaking call them or text them. I mean, and, I think I still tried. have a thing, a, a thing on my a computer that pops up every once in a while that says, do something nice for Tessa. <laughs> that pops up on your computer, not yeah. mine. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't see that notification anymore. But you, you need made to, it. You need to put it. Oh, really? <laughs> you made it. And it's popping up on your computer? Yeah, it's popping up on something because I see yeah, it, still I did, see it. I did do that. I remember I did that. That was like 10 years ago because I felt like I, I needed a reminder to just anything, like a little note or yeah. Whatever. And um, that lasted like two months. Well, because what's funny is I then I'm actually... then I'm like, it would come up. I'd be like, nah, I'll do that later. 
(laughs) (laughs) What's funny is I actually, I was going to, or I am going to, well, wait, let's go back really quick. Cause I, 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 there was one more thing I wanted to make sure that I understood or that others understood whoever's listening, uh, about you. I said that my, my, um, uh, love languages were words of affirmation and quality time. I know that for a fact mm-hmm. I could care less about cause it's acts of service, words okay. of affirmation, uh, quality time and, uh, physical touch. Well, I guess you could say mine's a little bit that too. And then the last thing, what did I say? Um, is I forget what the last one is. Probably like buying stuff for me. <laughs> yes, presents. Like, th- no, oh, it are is. you serious? No, it is. I was totally joking. I, no, I'm glad like, you I, thought I was, of it. I was thinking, what's the most materialistic thing I can think oh. of? <laughs> and really, no, it's it is. Like it's something about like gifts? actual gifts. Yeah. Oh, okay. And what's funny is that is not mine at all. Right. Like at all. I Which really works for us. Well, <laughs> it works for you for sure. <laughs> no, it, it, it's definitely a good thing for us. I mean, I, I'm the same way. I don't, I don't yeah. care to get things from. Okay, you. so out of those five, what is yours? Definitely acts of service. Yes, and I knew that. And the thing, the problem with this love language thing, and I'm sure it addresses this in the book. I wouldn't know because I didn't read it. <laughs> um, is that you probably give what you want. Oh, right. Absolutely. So like for me, my love language is acts of service. Yep. But that's what I do. Like I give acts of service. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to come across very well. So the reason I even went into the story, glad you brought us back about my dad was because the reason I, the, the biggest person that the, uh, the, that book helped me with was my dad because all this, all the, the years that I grew up with him, I didn't understand him. He didn't understand me. And, and part of it was because he was trying so hard to give me love in his way, which was acts of service. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's pretty popular for men to have acts of service. I'm guessing probably that in physical touch, I'm thinking. Yeah. So I, the funny thing was, is that my dad's was definitely not like he, he did not, he was not an affectionate man. So mm. it was, I feel like in a way as a kid, I was, I was kind of starved for physical touch. That's I was a big starved for, for affection. Yeah. Which is weird because when we first met, you were really uncomfortable with physical touch. Because I never got it. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was like a huge flirt, a big hugger, you know? I, see, and I, I know that's why I was so attracted to you because for me, it was such a, like, it was kind of a very emotional thing to get over in my life because let's just say, you know, my brothers are not affectionate in the slightest with me. My, my dad wasn't. And I kind of internalized that as that has something Your to do with me. Your family's just not a very physically my mom affectionate super was. family. No, my mom really was. And, and my grandparents on my mom's side. I sat on my grandpa's lap for until she, he made me sit on my on his lap when yeah, I was I, pregnant with Evie. I think he is the was the exception. He was the exception. Because your grandma definitely was not affectionate. Well, and I'll I'll give a little clip as you know, uh, those that <laughs> those that know me from my childhood know that my name is not Tessa Van Wade. But at the same time, the reason I even I even 
used that as I was kind of getting into the whole blog thing with my with my fitness a long time ago when I started that. And your pen name. <clears throat> yeah, and my pen name and in acting. It was just easier to, it was a quicker name to kind of remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used it because my grandfather's name was Bobby Van Wade. And he really truly was the grandfather that... Oh my gosh, he was he was the love of my life until I met you, you know, yeah. and even still after. Because are we going to tell them your real name is Turd Ferguson? <laughs> yes, no, <laughs> Turd Ferguson. We won't even go into Turd Ferguson, which is a so, name that Ben uses constantly. So no, yeah, so Van to... Wade yes. is an homage to your grandpa. Yeah, so so Bobby Van Wade, and what's funny is people think that it's Van Wade, like as in I think that's Dutch, right? Or Typically something like Van, that. Van, whatever is Dutch. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's actually not that. His middle name was Van. Was Van. Yeah. Like, as in Van down by the river. As in Van down by the river. Yeah. I mean, my grandfather was cool. Uh, he was, he smoked all of his life. He basically, did I talk about this yet? Is this episode brought, uh, sponsored by cigarettes? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> No. Do not smoke Do your not whole smoke life. Do not smoke your whole life. That's not why I'm saying it. Oh, I did kind of say he was cool. He and was then so say- cool. He smoked his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids. <laughs> no. Tobacco is so cool. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> Insert here. You do not. I've never touched a cigarette in my we life. Could, we could cut that, but I probably won't cut it. No, I'm, don't I'm cut it. Leave it in. No, no, no. We're not into cutting a lot of stuff because look, we want it to be real and raw and that's how we like it. But the thing about Bobby Van Wade was that my grandfather, he, you know, he stopped going to school at 12 years old. Mm-hmm. He was, he w- he actually went and worked in the fields his parents needed him in the fields, um, starting at, <clears throat> I think he quit at sixth grade. Yeah. That would be 12, right? I don't know. Yeah. 11 Sounds and like 12. It. Yeah. So sixth grade. And that's what he did. And then he retired at 50 and I'm like, how did you do that? Let me well, figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was a totally different time. I totally mean, different he time. got the, the GI bill. Yep. Uh, is that what it's called? When, yeah. The mm-hmm. world war two, two yep. soldiers came home and they were given a chance to buy a home. I think and their house was like ten thousand yeah. dollars, and, and um, they lived very simply. They did. You can't do that now. I mean, no. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do now. If if it's impossible to save, right? Because the cost of living doesn't match the yeah. the income. But he was kind of the he was the odd man in my life of in the sense of. He really said amazing things to me. He gave me a lot of affection, and I remember even. The problem was is that I was used to the majority of the men in my life not giving affection. So then when you came along and you were super affectionate, it took me a moment. I was just horny. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you were 17, so of course you were. I mean, I was, but I was also just an affectionate person. I mean, you I'm, are I'm just affectionate an, yeah. with everybody. You are super affectionate with your family. You're super super affectionate with your I bros at work. I love awkward hugs. He loves to make his friends feel as uncomfortable as possible. Yes, in, with, with physical touch. With physical touch. But it is it is funny because once I read that book... And I'm going to make sure that I, I need to remember, because I can't for the life of me remember uh, the man that wrote it, but I'm going to make sure to uh, put that, uh, attach that with this 
uh, we'll put it in the in the the description of what this is. But it's called yeah, the five. If, if love- I can figure out how to do that, I'll do it. <laughs> no, you're gonna definitely <laughs> quote him. Uh, the five love languages. And and I when I read that, <clears throat> when I got to acts of service, suddenly all of a sudden I went. That is what my dad has been doing my entire life. And it's because that's what he wanted. So therefore, I was a big disappointment to him probably. Because <laughs> you weren't giving him access. Because service. I wasn't giving him access service. But all I really wanted was quality time, words of affirmation, and probably, you know, an affection. That's really, yeah. you know, I, I really mean, I needed can, that. I can relate. I'm, I'm very much like that. I, you know, when I get home and you guys have cleaned the house... Oh, it's like you guys have like, look, treated me to the nicest thing possible. Look, I know you. If I want you to be happy, then I make sure that the house well, is it clean. Just, it's to me coming home and having like just having our house tidy. Oh, totally. It's it. My my mind is kind of crazy. <laughs> um, and I, I, I have like sensory overload. Yeah, you do. And I get overly stimulated. So when things aren't in order, mm-hmm. I'm not blaming anybody for being a mess because it's just people are living there. Yeah. But, and we have our lives. But and we're busy. There's something about being in a clean space. And I think most people can relate to this. But for me, it's like extra. Yeah. I, I cannot relax in an, in an area that's not tidy. I'm right there with you. I, I just don't. It doesn't affect me as much as it affects you. So when I get home from a really long day and I just need to relax. Yeah. And it's like a total disaster. It's stressful. But I. But think if that, it's super clean, I'm yeah. like, ah, yes. It's really interesting because when I actually, I, when I actually think about how much you and I have worked towards a happy marriage, it is funny how much we have innately or not innately, we have have habitually changed is kind of what we talked about last episode mm-hmm. was we talked about kind of fake it till you make it or really what I mean is kind of changing your patterns your habits and you, it has to start as a a conscious effort right it yeah, has you, to start as a conscious and you develop right. habits and I think for me growing up in the house that I did <laughs> I definitely did not understand your intensity behind minor tasks that needed to be done every day, but I have grown to appreciate it. And now when I go home and I write and I'm writing the, like I'm writing the third book right now to the series, right? So now when I get home, I really, really appreciate a clean house because then I don't have to worry about you and I don't have to worry about it getting clean. And so I can just enjoy the, my chair in the corner and yeah, get my and writing I, done. I want to, I want to make sure I put a disclaimer in, in that I don't expect you to clean the house. <laughs> like our children are in their mid teens. So we're basically four roommates. Correct. And my thing is like, be a good roommate, you know? Yeah. If you, if everybody picks up after themselves, the house stays clean. Yeah. So when I see that, like, it's just blatant disregard for that. Yeah. In, growing up how I grew up, I, I take it personally. You do take like, it personal. This person left this here so that I will have to clean it up for them. And I think that's actually one of your hurdles, right? Is that you take yeah. it so personal. Well, because and, and there just is like, a sense when you come to a kid, when you come to a child, 
they will they will recognize how it's affecting you if you're communicating it well. Loudly. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, if you're con- communicating it well, they will understand. And I always talk to you about being vulnerable with them. Like, oh, look, you, I cannot show any vulnerability. Yes. I have to be strong. <laughs> yes. I cannot show weakness. That is not true. That is, the, that is not a good way of parenting. <laughs> that is an old way of parenting. And the fact is, is that when you will get such a, a better reaction and teach a child how to be a better human, if when they walk to you, you look at them and you say, hey... I just want to let you know how it makes me feel when I, I've asked you to do this and you haven't done it. And I really need you to know that it really bothers me that you didn't do it. Can you tell me why you didn't do it? And you actually make them communicate and they, and they need to express why they've done that. And that doesn't mean that you don't discipline them later, or I shouldn't even say the word discipline. It's more like you're teaching them, just like what we talked about in the first episode, you're teaching them how to make these decisions based on I've got a relationship that I need to uphold, right? I need, I need to, commi- I, my job is to keep this relationship with my dad. And then my dad, his job is to keep this relationship well with me. So it creates this nice connection of vulnerability when you can say, hey, I don't feel too great that that happened. Can you tell me why? And can we talk about why that, that didn't happen? Yeah, that takes so much effort, <laughs> especially when you're angry already. And uh, it's just, I don't know, it, it's its hard. Parenting is hard. And Parenting is hard. It's, you're in it for the, the long-term result. It's kind of like a long con. Yeah. You know, you have to like really work for the- A long con, like as in like, <laughs> like theft? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you're not going to get the immediate results. Like so for me, what we're saying is that uh, families are like Ocean's Eleven. You've got to yeah. figure out that con and be strategic about it. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that, you know, for me, especially now that we have older kids, it's like, why can't you just, why can't you just do this? Like, <laughs> it's so easy. Just- just throw it away. Yeah. Why was that so hard? Uh, you know, like, yeah, don't but you, you throw in that sarcasm so well. Like, for instance, the, last night we okay. had this, we, we bought one of our children a new pillow. And it came in like this little plastic case. and Which I threw away. Uh, Sure. But it's in the hallway on the ground for like four days. And we're all walking on it. For four days. I noticed it the very moment it hit the floor. <laughs> yeah. But I, in, in my mind, I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to see how long it takes for somebody to get as annoyed by this thing <laughs> as me. And four or five days pass. And yesterday, finally, I look at Georgia and I'm like, so are we just going to keep stepping on this or are we eventually going to pick it up and just throw it in the trash? So my question is, why wait and test the waters. Why wait? Because hold on, I don't hold on. Be Why a nag? wait? Hold, no. The thing of it is, is you don't. You're. This is where you do this. It's like it's not about nagging. The fact is, is you already are kind of in that zone because you're a task person. Okay. So just, just take that. Just be it. Accept it. You are that. I am that. And just stand with it. But here's the thing. 
it would be, would it not be so much better if you didn't offer a little, like four days when it's finally pissing you off, you give a little bit of sarcasm. Oh, I just snap. I finally just snap. Okay. But why, why, why when the first time you saw it, you look at Georgia and go, Hey George, would you mind picking that up? That would be great for all of us. How easy is that? It's And you don't snap it later. It is easy in and of itself. But when you have to do that 50 times every day, you just feel like a jerky nag. Look. And it's like, I, I want to be able to be like, I don't want to have to tell them hey, to do look, this. So, um, let's just- so I'm pretty sure about uh, almost about 18 years ago, you and I decided that we were going to be parents and we were going to actively try to have kids. Yeah, but we didn't know what we were getting into. No, we didn't, but we know now. <laughs> and the fact is, is that if we do not grow with them, we are, we are behind them. I just, I remember growing up, um, my, I had friends who had parents that like, one in particular, she just, she always kept the house so clean. Oh, And even... Like, um, and this is back when she was a stay at home mom, like that's that they could afford that. That was her, her role. But what was funny to me is like, she was like obsessive about it, you know? And it was so, it was so foreign to me because in my house, we had to clean up after ourselves. Right. You know, we had, we had chores and we had responsibilities Mm -hmm. and, um, I, I never understood that like, um, how does this person do this without losing their mind? You mean continually yeah. picking up after the kids? Like they just do it happily. Yeah. You know? And I, I don't, it's just not in me. <laughs> well. Because I'm not the butler. You are you know? not the butler, but. I work all day. I get home. And it, I mean, I know that our, our kids work all day in school. I don't want to take that away. I know it. it it's, you know, they spend all day at school. Um, but. You know, it's, it's just one of those parenting things that I struggle with because, and, and our, our kids are super good. I know. That's the hard thing. That's the thing. I realize that my expectations Evie does the dishes every single night and she does them without fail. And she gets paid for it. She does now, but she didn't (laughs) at the beginning and she's freaking almost 17 years old. I want to make this very clear. Our, we have really, really awesome kids. Amazing kids. And I'm not talking, this is not like a, a major problem. It's just those little like learn learning how to live with other people. Yeah, it's, correct. You have four different personalities in one household. But that's why we're doing this, right? Is to really give understanding into a marriage that kind of flows and how we figure that out and how we also being t- parents of teens. But let's, I wanted to go back really quick of, or let's go forward because I want to talk about what I originally, I wanted to talk about romance. Oh, really? uh, I knew that. That's why I don't tell you. <sighs> okay. That's why I don't tell you. But I want to talk about it in a different way because I think that, and that's why it's interesting that we led with the five love languages, because I think everybody needs to, who is in a relationship needs to read that book. In fact, I think we should give it to our kids because it really is helpful. And this not to say that other people don't have different kind of love languages. I'm sure there's more out there, but it really does benefit us to kind of learn the, the major areas and recognize that when people want it, 
themselves, that's usually what they give. And so if we can kind of, if we can kind of skip that and kind of, or kind of like swap and you give me what I need and I give you what you need, you know, then it's, then that's what we get. But the reason I even say that about the romance is, you know, somebody asked me the other day, they, they said, well, how do you keep like, does he do a bunch of stuff for you? Absolutely like- not. <laughs> no, I do a lot of stuff for you, but yeah. I'm not a smushy, gushy. They're talking about guy. the typical romance stuff. Like they're talking about chocolates. letters, chocolates, flowers. I can't bring you chocolates. You don't eat chocolates. No, I know. But I'm just saying like they were talking about all that. And like, do you do all of the romantic little words and stuff like that? And no, you do not. You knew what you were signing up for. I did. But that's not what I'm going into, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Defensive. What I'm go because I it works for me, babe. I do not complain because it works for I, me. I am- what do you think is the most romantic thing to me? I know what the most romantic thing what to is. What is it? You just want a little note. You just want a no, little... No, that is not my romantic... Th- every once in a while, it would be nice to have a little mo- you note love that says it. I love you. You love it when I like just shoot you a text, hey, I'm thinking about you today. Yeah, but still. Is that not romantic? That's just... No, that's that's very romantic. Oh, okay. These are the kind of things I'm, I'm talking about, but um, that's still not number one Oh, to you want me to uh, make... You want me to write you poetry? No. <laughs> okay. Put a when we song. were together, like we had been together for one year. Now, easy. <laughs> Maybe this is why. And our one year anniversary, I said nothing until years later. Uh, the 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 he wrote a song for me. It was a really good song. It was a great song. I don't remember <laughs> it at all. He wrote a song for me. I'll bring my me. guitar and sing it next time. And I think I probably made it really clear that I am just not that I'm not that, but the reason I wanted to go into it is because, uh, you know what, romance for me is very different, and I'm kind of, I kind of wonder if I talk about it, if, if I can get kind of like a a thing going with people understanding what true romance is. I believe that true romance is, like, some of the the small little connections that you and I have on a daily basis where we just look at each other and we laugh and we have that little moment where we, we connect and we look each other in the eyes and we just enjoy each other. That is the most romantic thing in the entire universe. Okay. Right? Is it? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wait. I understand that men think you know, of romance I very differently. I just get differently. hung up on the word romance because I think it has so many cheesy connotations to it. Babe, romance is a fact of life. No, Let's I, get this I on the board. I know that, but to me, like those little things, that's what makes our relationship fun. Okay, so and tell like, me it, why that's not romance. I guess it is. I just, I just hate the word. Why do you hate that word? I don't know. It's, You're so weird. Why does there's that so much, w- To me, there's so much weight behind it. There's so much like... Maybe you need to change that idea because this is what I'm saying. Hold on. You, I love you because you no, said you it. No, I do. Yes, I do. It's because you said exactly what I'm trying to say. I wanted to talk about romance because I think that people put too much weight on it and they don't recognize that romance on a daily basis is happening. 
but it's our mindset that we have to change. Romance is happening. When you look me in the eye, when I slap your booty, when I... (laughs) (laughs) Did you call it a booty? (laughs) (laughs) When when you and I... mm, uh, you know, I'm constantly sending you fun little texts and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Should we talk about that? No. <laughs> Are you going to blush? <laughs> I, I think that, that like for me. I like we, to send sexy texts. We talked about how independent. You're going to skip how, right over that. I am. How independent I am. Yes. And I feel like with the word romance, it's almost like I'm being told what to do and I'm too big of a not by you okay but like I'm 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 a little bit of um like I automatically he's a rebellion I'm not though I'm I'm very not rebellious you're a rebel but when it comes to this I I don't want to be told what to do don't say you're not you are absolutely you are if you look up rebel in the dictionary your face is right there no you are in I am a boy scout like I, I well, follow correct. every rule in the book. You are a rule follower for most of it. Except for when I'm told to do something I don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and the, let's, let's be very clear too. Like I'm lucky because you don't have high expectations in the romance <laughs> department. Like no, I, I have it very easy. You, like I was saying before, you love it when I just shoot you a, a random text in the middle of the day saying, Hey, I'm thinking about you. Hope you have a great day. Yeah. Um, Who I doesn't get, love that? I get huge points for that. Yep. I don't have to on our anniversary have a like weekend planned. No. Where I surprise you with all this stuff. And I, I think that there are. Dude, we are too busy for that. But that's what I'm saying is, okay, that let me explain a little bit more about why I even wanted to go into that was I am a writer who every book I've ever written, the love story is the first thing that I create. And everything else around that is, is done after. It's always a second thought. The love story is the first thought. Yeah. And in every single book that I've ever written, I have fallen in love with the characters and their love story. And that is what has led me into that. But what's crazy is when I write romance, I don't write romance novels. I don't, you know, I, I definitely, for me, romance has always been the act of you just literally giving me the time and the, and the energy when you when you give me time and energy, that is romantic. I I know I'm getting I'm gonna have people listen to this the small amount that listen to this. I'm gonna have people say, "Are you kidding? No, I need the stuff." But it's okay. Like I get it. Everybody has their different love language. Okay. Well, when you're talking about romance, I think one of the the things that is a, a troublesome in a relationship is when number one we have expectations that we don't tell. When we have expectations of this is what I want romantically, but you don't after you don't actually say it, you actively have to have conversations in your marriage about what it is that you want and what will make you feel as though it's romantic. You have to have those conversations 
If you don't and people get defensive and you're not able to communicate that, then this is, this is a huge problem because being defensive in a relationship doesn't allow you. So again, going back to vulnerability in a relationship, being defensive in a relationship doesn't allow you to get to the core of the issue and then rectify the issue, then fix the issue. So I think the biggest thing is that as a, I see like for me in this latest series that's going, that's, that's been published, the first one and then the second one, the funny thing is, and this is not a plug for that. This is literally just to talk about Remy and Arik's love story for me. Remy the, and Arik are the main characters in yes. your uh, Correct. In this, in, your series, in my novel, the Valley yeah. Uprising. And the reason I even bring it up is because one of the one of the sexiest things about that about that couple is is this moment when Arik there, you know, he says it is it's the minutes and the hours and the weeks and the months and the years of always choosing that and the decades <laughs> and the centuries <laughs> yeah. because yes no we don't have it yes well, the first book's been out for a year yeah and people should know that this is about people who live a really long, long time very very long yeah. lives so it it is one of those things where it's about like to me the romance came from that it's this conversation of um, it's choosing each other for, for a long period of time. It's choosing each other on this day when we don't necessarily, it's, it's looking at you and knowing that you're hangry and going, let me get you some food, babe. I know that this is part of the issue, right? Is that romance or is that just caring for somebody no, else? No, I would say that's romance. And, and that's the kind of romance I can get behind. Um, you just and don't want just, the Valentine's type romance. Yeah, which, the the forced, that makes sense. the forced cheesiness. Like sure. I, I'm not good at. We've already, we've already clarified that I'm not good at being vulnerable. <laughs> um, I'm also not very good at being serious for too long, <laughs> and I feel like when you're romantic, you kind of have to be serious, and I just have a hard time like I don't think being so. like, hey babe, without laughing. You <laughs> you know. Like I, I'm no Arik. Arik is the is the main man in her series, and he's like he's Look, every woman's dream. Come on now, there are. While I may not use all of you, there are definitely moments throughout the 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 books where you are definitely parts of your personality are my muse. There is a part of you going back to how you want tasks done and how you are in life and how you take leadership role in your business and how you do things like that, that is sexy. And that is that is absolutely I take for for my characters. All as I memes. have to do, I, I took a video of myself hammering in some grade <laughs> pins into the dirt the other day. And uh, all I have to do is text you a short video of me doing that. And it just gets you going. Oh my gosh. <laughs> got my I tool bags on I and love got those some videos. sweat dripping. That is romantic. I loved those videos. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You are sexy in those <laughs> things. When I come home, the dirtier I am. Heck yes. The more t turned on you are. That so is... all I have to do is just kind of roll around in the dirt. <laughs> Manicured hands. I'm sorry for anybody who there likes manicured There might be some, hands. and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with but that. But your thing But is, my thing is not I mean, that. You, you grew up in a blue-collar home. 
Yes. And uh, the men in your life were very physical, hard workers. My dad and go, you know, it is funny because you, we, they always say that you marry your, what you're familiar with or what you're comfortable with. And on one hand, the physicality was a blessing to me because that was not what I was comfortable with. And it helped me be comfortable. On the other hand, um, one thing is, is you're a jack of all trades. And that was absolutely my father. And there's a huge, there is a huge, my, okay. So my dad was, um, my dad was actually in 2004, November of 2004. Um, he was killed in a car accident, um, coming home from lunch, um, and from his job, which he owned a small business um, that put in pumps and irrigation wells and domestic wells. So that's where it was really blue collar. Like he was out there in the sun, very hard work, very aggressive work, um, and good at what he did. And he was truly, he truly did love his job and he truly did love working with his hands. And that is what when you, the, the biggest amazing, like, because I've been with you for so long and who knows this probably somewhat divine, right? Is that I think that God always knew that I needed you to know my dad before he passed. And that was one of the coolest things is that after we got together, you worked for my dad for a couple of summers Mm -hmm. and I remember asking him whether you could go work for him. And he goes, can he handle it? Oh, geez. Apparently he never saw me with my shirt off. (laughs) You were very different build back then and very, very young. I think I weighed like 140 pounds. You know, I look at our, (laughs) I freaking look at our wedding pictures and you looked 12. I can't even believe I was 12. No, you were not 12. You were eight. No. 20. 20, sorry. We were both 20 when you got married. We got married. But still, you you worked for my dad for two years, and it was the coolest thing ever because you got to you got to be with him before he passed. So I always have that, that you can know what he was like and, and all that. But the true coolness of it is that on an everyday basis, especially with what you're doing because you're a carpenter, I see things all the time that are just like my dad. I mean, you can, but it's more than that. You can work on any car. You can figure anything out. You do all of the, I mean, you do my website, some, some of that stuff. I mean, it's, you're, you're again, a jack of all trades. You like to say it's. (laughs) Yeah. I was holding back. I know. I wasn't going to self-deprecate, but now that you're going to Nope, I'm not going to say it then. Say it about me. No, I'm not going to say well. it about you. You're not? No. Oh, okay. Master, Go ahead. Master of none. <laughs> <laughs> if only I could figure out how to make money from any of that. You can. You are. But know, anyway, it is one of those things where I think the coolest thing is that you did know my dad and and that you you had those times with him and stuff. That's That's a really cool thing. But again, well, I, and it helps that I knew who your dad was because I understand me some of the things about you that you need from me because you didn't necessarily get them from him. Yeah. And that wasn't anything that, you know, was bad on his part. No. But no. I, I think that's the case for anybody. Totally. You know, like there's, 
there's plenty of things that you areas that you fill that I didn't get from my mom necessarily. Absolutely. And not to say that like I need another mom. No. But um there's definitely a psychology there that um we fulfill each other's voids. Yes. And I but it, we also we also I've done the work, right? I've done the work, you've done the work as much as you can and um we and so I, there has been a, a huge thing of as we've gotten older and once you have kids, there is a, there is a sense of, of recognizing that your parents did everything that they could. I mean, look uh, at absolutely. us. Absolutely. I, I think that it's, it's really easy to be like, oh, I didn't have that when I was a kid and whatever. Right. The fact is, no matter what, our parents did the very best they could with the circumstances right. they right. did. And the only way that I've learned that is now that I'm a parent yeah. and I've been a parent for a while and I start seeing, you know, my kids are getting, our kids are getting older and they're starting to say certain things about, I don't like it when you do this. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh really? <laughs> that, <laughs> if you only knew how much worse it could be. <laughs> oh my <laughs> you know? gosh. So yes. it, it gives you perspective for sure. Well, that's a, we could talk about that in of forever because the fact is, is there, there is a huge amount that I I do really actually believe that we could talk about and I do want to talk about about if you don't forgive your parents or you don't move on and it doesn't mean it doesn't mean forgetting and it doesn't mean you know not um it doesn't mean that you ever have to have toxic people in your life which we will talk about but it's more it's more the fact that you don't want to put yourself in a state of staying in the same place and not if, if you don't forgive or you don't move on it really is only affecting you and so we have learned that in our marriage and our parent parenting and all of that we're not great at I'd it I'd say we're actively trying we're to actively work on working it. on it correct and so, I mean, who isn't actively working on ourselves at all? Oh, right? I, uh, millions and millions of people. <laughs> <laughs> there are probably more people not working on themselves than the opposite. Well, if you haven't read... But that's read, just my cynical it perspective. Is, but that's okay. If you haven't read the book, uh, The Five Love, Love Languages, and I will make sure that we put it in the description of this podcast... But if you haven't read The Five Love Languages, I would totally suggest reading it. It's, it's, a, con- it's a very old book, right? It's a very old book and there may be, or they may have like, they may have revamped it. I don't know. And I, I think there might be very different versions of it. Too. Correct. And I'm sure that there's, but really any kind of book about the love language thing, it, it is really eye-opening and I think it is really helpful. But it is funny because... Um, I do think we, we, if we, if we don't learn those love languages, we can often be giving our soul, our soulmate, our, yeah, same, right? Yeah. Cause everyone's a soulmate, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, to me, uh, but it, you can, you can find that pretty much anywhere, I think. So I would definitely look up that, that book and, and do it, but yeah, that's it. That's what I wanted to talk about. Good old romance. And how you, let's not make it. We only it talked all- about romance for like five minutes on this I episode. Know. Well, not but that's really. that's okay. Because it's not, you know. You whatever. and romance. What the heck? No, I'm trying to change the definition of romance. I like that. See? It's yeah. totally helpful. I definitely like that. I just think that our perspective on so many things, if we just kind of pivot just a little bit, 
then our perspective can be so much better because it's it, romance is not going to look the same for everybody. But it, again, it goes back to active communication and not being defensive when you actively communicate. Like if I look at you and I'm like, Ben, I really, really, I don't feel like I'm getting romance unless you are getting me McDonald's every day. What? I don't know. I'm just throwing something out so there. So romantic. <laughs> hey, babe. <laughs> Here's a gigantic Big Mac, <laughs> some fries. <laughs> I'm just saying, I haven't I haven't eaten McDonald's in like 20 years, but I'm just saying, like everybody has their thing, but you have to actively talk about it. I think probably the more realistic thing is like, I want flowers. I want yeah well, every week or sure. whatever. Whatever, whatever it is. I want you to text me, hello. No. <laughs> So I just think that we can we can we can re rewrite the narrative really in our marriage. And as long as we are open to communication about it, the problem is is just not communicating about it. Keeping it in, not saying it, and then blowing up in four days. That's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, okay. I'll try better. Well, anyway, let's wrap this up because you are bored. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's wrap this up and thank you guys so much for listening. Please leave a review if you can, or like, like our podcast and share it. If you guys think about it and I have, um, Tessa Van Wade on Instagram and Facebook and yeah, we love doing this. So keep, Keep listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye, Bye. now.